When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Way. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Arsenal Agenda Series. Joining you Monday to Friday at 9.30am UK time. Or what has now become the Let's All Laugh at Spurs show, uh, which we're getting to do on a much more regular occasion. To laugh at Spurs, I'm joined by Bailey. You right, mate? You doing good? Yeah, I'm good. I had my alarm this morning. It was just laughter. It was a laughter. It was a man laughing. I woke up to that. Had to had to get used to it. <laughs> it's just, they just are the gift that keeps on giving. Um, as Graham actually says, to be fair, in the chat box, I ain't even seen that. So it goes to show you how much we all seemingly think that they are. Um, did you watch the game last night? I did. I did. And they, Tottenham made Middlesbrough look like a top Premier League side. I thought like I was watching Man City and Red almost last night. They were playing so well. But I think that was due to Tottenham's just poor style of play. If you asked me what style of play Conte has implemented on the team, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah, look, I think that look, Middlesbrough showed in the game against Man United that they they shouldn't be underestimated. And Chris Wilder's got plenty of Premier League experience from his time at Sheffield United. But, I mean... They went all out, Spurs, to win that game. Full strength, you know, Son and Kane, Kulisevsky. Yes, Matt Doherty was playing, but you know, that's their own awesome. fault for having Matt Doherty playing. Um, but they had so many of their first teamers in there. They're bringing on players off the bench as well to try and change things, and they couldn't score. There is a little caveat to this, which is now obviously they're out of the FA Cup. It means they just have Premier League football which means they can just focus on that along with us for that top four spot. Are you worried about that or has there been enough evidence over the last few weeks to quell those fears? Yeah, no, oh, also it's only really, there'll only be three games remaining, the quarters, the semis and the finals and they're quite spread out and the finals are after the league, I believe. So that's, that's only really two games extra. I think it's a negative mm. for Spurs. It just further downs the negativity on Conte. It further shines, shines the light on how poor Spurs have been this season. And now they're under much more pressure. Now they have to get sort of four fight for it. So every game for them is going to be going to be highly anticipated on how they do. And they've just put the pressure on themselves. So I think getting knocked out was not a good thing for them at all. They need a trophy. We know that. 14 years now. I was in year four. I was eight years old when Tottenham did last win a trophy. I'd just like to put that out there. But... Um, so, yeah, they needed that. They needed to stay in the competition. It was poor for them that they didn't. Look, I think that with Tottenham, I agree with you. The morale, the the hit, the the fact they've got nothing else to fight for, that Kane is not going to get another trophy. Or a trophy, not another trophy. I don't think we've <laughs> used the word another with Harry Kane and trophies in the same sentence. But he isn't going to be getting a trophy again this season, uh, even with Antonio Conte coming in. And it's an interesting thought because, obviously, Antonio Conte took over from Spurs at a similar kind of period to when Mikel Arteta took over. It was slightly before, I think it was October, that Conte took over. And obviously it was, or maybe it was November. And uh, and obviously we saw Arteta take over in December. Mm -hmm. But in that time, Mikel Arteta obviously pushed Arsenal up from their bottom half of the table standing of where he took them from and won them an FA Cup. 
Antonio Conte, despite strengthening in January, which Arteta didn't really get, he got Cedric and Marie, whereas Antonio Conte's got Bentancur and Kulusevski in, in January. And it, I think it's fair to say that Arteta has fared a hell of a lot better uh, in that first stint than what Conte has done so far. Absolutely. Most definitely. Conte, I think he's lost his last four out of six games. He just hasn't been performing. Spurs are looking worse than they did when he came in. So it's, yeah... It's not looking good for Spurs right now and for Conte. And he's not getting the critics because it's Spurs. I think he was at any other club. Mm. It was at Chelsea, Manchester United, Arsenal. Then he would be getting a limelight. But I think people are starting to realise that whoever comes in, whatever manager comes in at Spurs now, they just can't improve the team. It's like, it's like a mentality thing. It's like it's just instilled in them that they, where they can't alter it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a mental block, it seems, or a trophy block. Uh, it's a wall yeah. of silverware they just can't get through, uh, which is great. Um, good morning to everybody in the chat who's joining us. I'm sure you're all enjoying... Uh, the little laughter we can have at our North London rivals is a loose term. Uh, the barely challengers uh, of Arsenal, to be honest. But uh, look, the other highlight was following Balogun uh, involved and a little clip uh, courtesy of our colleague Chris Wheatley that he posted online is is going quite viral. Uh, he highlighted that a lot of the Arsenal fans, of course, online quoting it. Um, it's interesting seeing Balogun do so well against these big teams. Obviously, he's got a couple of assistant season. I think he still needs to score. He hasn't got the yeah. score shit yet. But he is playing in a wider role. He is playing out and out. He's not playing off the last man. He's having to do a lot more work than has been asked of him in the under-23s, where he's definitely been playing off the last man and, you know, getting him behind and getting more opportunities to score. Whereas at Middlesbrough, he's having to work a lot harder. He's learning more of the game, which is arguably going to be more beneficial for him in the long term. Do you think that this is proving to be one of those decisions we've made that actually, you know, we've made a really good choice with where we've sent him on. Right? Oh, absolutely. I think it was the perfect choice. It needed to be done. And I think Chris Wilder also is a great manager to learn from. As you said before, he's got Premier League experience. So Balogun is almost playing with a Premier League side because they are in the playoffs. They could get promoted next season. So it is good for Balogun. I'd like to say, though, on the scoring part, yesterday I really noticed there's probably a reason why I think he was one-on-one with a defender and it was the way he stepped over the ball and took it too wide rather than coming inside the goal. I think he needs to learn that. I think he's still got a lot to learn to be a prolific striker, but he has got the mm. qualities. You saw yesterday how he ripped Romero. So maybe in the future, he might actually be a good player on the inside forward position rather than a all-out number nine. He might need. It might take him a couple of years just to get, just to really learn the skills in that position, but we shall see. But as you said, it is really is a good move for him. I think, as you said, He's got a couple of assists. He's continuing to improve. And he's also getting first-team football what he needed. So hopefully this year, he gets a couple of goals, gets a few more assists. Maybe even getting in the playoffs with Middlesbrough will be important because then he's playing in crucial games where it's almost an all or die. It's all or nothing, really, where you need to win the game. So that will be a really good experience for him. And then maybe get a Premier League loan next year and follow T Tammy Abraham's uh, route, maybe. Because I know he was at Bristol City. Then he went to Swansea City. If I'm and Villa I'm as well, I think. And then Villa, yeah. yeah. So maybe kind of follow the same route. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll see what kind of strikers we bring in in the summer. We see Lacazette and, and, and Ketty's future being resolved in the summer as well. So it will depend on, on what's available to Mikel Arteta and whether or not he can go out on loan. There's also an expectation that Mika Bireth and the youth side is going to go out on loan next season. So, you know, it depends on, on who's available to, to be in the squad. Um, what I will say, Bailey, is that I, I tuned in yesterday uh, for the morning show and I wasn't here. And you took the opportunity to talk about Renato Sanchez. Uh, <laughs> let's let's address the elephant in the room. 
Uh, was this tactical? You're just waiting for me to not be here and then, you know, bring him up? Is that is that what happened? Look, TC, I can't stop the news. It came out, I saw in the morning, I saw mm. a French, I saw a French report saying, well, no, Sanchez is a high priority for us. So if you was in here and you was hosting a show, I'd still have brought it up and so, still got Priority. A priority. Priority, TC. Believe Do it. you still see him as the as the, the player we should over all others be looking for not above all others I think he's a, I think he should be one of two midfielders we do bring because 16 million is absolute still for Renato Sanchez for Fabian Ruiz oh sorry no yeah for, for Renato Sanchez and it's a risk worth taking look I know you'll say his injury record I, know you'll say I will record, <laughs> I will this say season, this season he's played 24 games that's that's he's he's so <laughs> 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 but he played 24 games I think the injury record I think we need to forget about it. he's growing up he's maturing as a player you saw in the game against Chelsea how quality he can be him and Thomas Party in the pivot dream think about it TC think about it Vinny says Renato or Fabian I think you're going to see a split between me and Bailey uh, with those two it seems um, <laughs> see what happens in the summer but I had to get that one in. Um, speaking of disagreements, uh, the Arsenal fan base has been split since a quite wild story regarding Robert Lewandowski's future uh, came up yesterday. Um, supposedly, Arsenal are one of the clubs, one of many clubs, but they're monitoring the situation at Bayern Munich. His contract talks are not going the way that many expected they would, and it's not been seamless, and he could yet move. He's been doing interviews where he said he's like open to any possibility. Uh, and when put to the Arsenal fan base, it seems they're very split. Where do you kind of sit on this idea of Lewandowski at Arsenal? How can you say no to the best striker in world football? But he's How thirty-four can... in August. Listen, he's a, he's got a few. He's got at least three seasons in him at the top level, at the great, at the top top level. He's so quality. How can you say no to Lewandowski? I know. I think we're getting too involved with Edu's transfer recruitment in the summer. Yes, it's been great signing young players, and we want to kind of stick to that. But guys, it's Robert Lewandowski we're talking about. This isn't this isn't Willian. This isn't Petr Cech. This isn't David Luiz, where they're thirty year olds and they're coming from a retirement home. This is Robert Lewandowski. He's still got a few years at the top. He's still got goals he wants to achieve. He's still Poland's top striker. He still wants to get to the World Cup and score goals for them. He's got a lot to play for. Saying no to Robert Lewandowski, we're being greedy, guys. That is. That is it's audacious to say, no, I'm sorry. Say no to Lewandowski, that is crazy. And I get, okay, I understand if we were signing one striker in the summer and it's only Lewandowski, but if you want to sign two strikers like a Lewandowski and, for example, a younger striker, Isaac or yeah. Jonathan David, that is perfect. Maybe I'd understand people if they said just Lewandowski, another striker. Okay, maybe I'd understand that. But to say no to Lewandowski, nah. £400,000 per week. It's a lot if of money. He, okay. If he demands 400,000 per week, that is a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Oh, so that would make you say no? I don't, I don't, I just can't say no to Lewandowski. What's the minimum amount? What's the the maximum amount that you would pay him a week? I'd pay Lewandowski free. I'd be willing to pay Lewandowski 300,000. I'd be willing to. I'd be willing to take that risk. I know Abamyang, Abamyang, Ozil, but this is Lewandowski. He's another level to Abamyang. He's he who will guarantee goals. Abamyang, don't get me, don't get it wrong. He was a very good striker. He did bring goals, but Lewandowski is the best striker in world football. You cannot say no to the best striker in world football. Goals is the rare, hardest thing to find in football. It's like diamond from the rough, and Lewandowski would offer that. Saying no to Lewandowski is just mind blowing. I'm sorry, it's mind blowing. <laughs> Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box to this. Stephen just says, Bailey, pack it, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus says, I think Bailey needs a rest. Uh, Zada says, Lewandowski will go to PSG. Tarb says, I just think he doesn't see what Arteta wants. Look at Aubameyang. 
Um, Penny Wing says oh, that I'm crazy. You must be crazy if you don't want him. You must be crazy. Uh, Graham, though, says you can't turn down Lewandowski if he becomes an available target. Uh, Gigi says, I only say get both, as apparently they are both 60. Oh, that's regarding uh, Louis, uh, Ruiz, rather, and uh, Renato Sanchez. Uh, Latvian Guna, though, asking, does Lewandowski fit our system? Can you imagine Lewandowski playing left back like Lacquer? last game uh, to be honest whoever comes in at striker i don't think they're going to be playing the role that lacazette has been asked to play. i think look we are adapting to having lacquer as our main striker and what he does when we sign a striker in the summer they will have to work absolutely and they will have to have an element of energy and press about their game but i don't think you're going to see them dropping into the midfielders anywhere near as much as you see lacazette at the moment <laughs> But he says he is still 34. Bailey, look at how Ronaldo is struggling this year in the Prem. Look at how Shevchenko struggled when he came to the Prem. The Prem is so much quicker. Look at the mistakes with Aubameyang. What do you think about that? I definitely disagree. Aubameyang, is, he's relying on pace. He's all about pace, 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 pace. Lewandowski is not. Ronaldo struggling, but he's scoring goals. He's still scoring goals. He still scored quite a few goals. I think it's United is struggling. Ronaldo has been, yeah. of course, a, a, been a part of that. But Ronaldo isn't struggling. He's scoring goals. Lewandowski, Ronaldo is 37. I'm not yeah, I think so, yeah. Lewandowski is about to turn 34. I'm telling you, Lewandowski has at least three years at, a, at the highest of his game before he starts to decline. So, where, where your argument, I think, stacks up is that he scored 39 goals in 33 games. Like, that's an unbelievable record still. How you and no to that? Nine of those goals are in seven Champions League games. So it's not like it's just happening in the Bundesliga. He scored two goals against Barcelona, two goals against Dinamo Kiev, one goal against Benfica in the first day, three goals against Benfica in the second time around, one goal against Kiev again. Uh, and he got an assist in the 3-0 win uh, home to Barcelona as well. Um and he's, he's a number nine. He like Ronaldo. Ronaldo started off as a winger. He's got winger and tendency. Lewandowski stays in the box. He's a fox in the box. He doesn't need pace. You look at Cavani. Whenever he plays for United, when he's not injured, he mm. does very well. That's what Lewandowski kind of is. He doesn't need the physicality. It makes sense. There's look. There's a lot of factors for me to get on board with the idea of Lewandowski. I think that it would depend on the wages. If you're looking at four hundred thousand, I, I don't yeah. think Arsenal can afford to go yeah. and. and and do that because it's just too much of a... I say risk. I, I still can't... I still struggle with saying risk because of how consistent of a goal scorer he is. The other risk, though, is that he has played for Bayern Munich and for Dortmund in the Bundesliga for a long time and how he would react to a change of league to the Premier League. Mm. I don't know. But I wouldn't rule out a move just because of someone moving from the Bundesliga to the Premier League. I think if that's the reason why you're saying no to Lewandowski, I don't think that's there's enough... I don't think there's enough of an argument behind that to say no to a player that's scoring at that kind of rate and that isn't showing signs of slowing down. Aubameyang, at 32, you look at the last 18 months, has slowed. He scored in nine of 39 games last season only. He scored four Premier League goals this season. There's a clear evidence of that decline at Arsenal. Whereas at Bayern Munich and in the Champions League and in the Bundesliga, Lewandowski has just continued to just be an absolute animal with goal scoring, creating goals for himself, creating goals for other people with the assist that he's got this season as well. It, it would just massively matter on the finances and it would matter on the length of the contract. I wouldn't go higher than two years. Um, I don't think I could say more than two years on, on a possible deal. And I would only be okay with it if we brought in, say, a younger striker yeah, yeah. alongside him so that we've yeah. got kind of that player that's playing, like if it was a Jonathan David or someone like that, 
And to be honest, like when we talk about like my perfect two strikers to sign in the summer are, are Patrick Schick and Jonathan David. They're the two that I've wanted to come in, both of them together. Um, because I think they could play together. I think you could rotate them. I think that David provides you plenty of versatility and Schick gives you a lot of those characteristics that we've been lacking vertically and physically as well, while still keeping the technicality and uh, and finishing side of his game. But if you were to say bring in a Jonathan David with a Lewandowski, that could be either that could end up being cheaper than bringing in a Patrick Schick for fifty million with the uh, with the wages attached. So it's really difficult. I'm not the person who's outright saying no, I wouldn't do it. I'm just very very cautious of you know of going back and falling into the trap. But you do raise a point. This isn't Aubameyang. This isn't Louise. This oh. isn't a Willian. It's Robert Lewandowski. It is, it is very, Ballon very different. Winning. 2020 Ballon d'Or winning. Well, he, he didn't win it, but, you know, <laughs> there was no Ballon d'Or. But, you know, you know, he would have won it that year. Yeah. Um, yeah, look, it's very difficult. Um, I, I, I don't think I can sit here and say no outright no without having a proper long discussion and consideration about Lewandowski. If the immediate reaction is no, I think you're probably jumping the gun far too Absolutely. quick. I'd also like to say uh, people are doubting the style of play. Lewandowski, remember, he played under Pep Guardiola and was and was doing very well and people didn't expect mm. him to suit that style of play. I'm telling you, Lewandowski would suit Arsenal style of play. Yeah. Very true. Uh, Robert pointing out the Messi scenario, Barcelona all his life, went to PSG and nothing. I think there is a, I think there is a slight difference. You look at the motivation of Messi, you, you look at what he's doing, it's only the Champions League where he's coming to life. He doesn't really care, it seems, about Liga. Like, it seems a formality that PSG are going to win it. And there's not that same attachment. Lewandowski doesn't have the attachment and the, you know, the emotion of Bayern like Messi had with Barcelona. And he said he's open to anything. Like Messi was always about, I want to stay. I want to do everything I can to stay at Barcelona. And it wasn't possible. So I think there are motivational differences between the two that would change things. And he is a motivated striker that would look to score wherever he went. We'll, we'll see. I mean, Adam says he's the best player in the world. Why would you say no for two years? And that's another big point. Why would I say no to the best player in the world for two years? I'm not sure. His age at 34 is only a number. It's it's only more than a number if the yeah. evidence suggests yeah. he's trailing off, and he's Fardy, not. Fardy's been injured for how long this season? I believe he's third on the top scorer list. Thirty-five years old, relying on pace too. Age, I feel like the age is not a, not an issue here. Age is not the issue. But what is being evidenced at the moment, and there is genuine evidence for this, is that the the age that players decline is is extending with how training improves, with how nutrition improves. Players are playing at the top level further into their 30s than ever before. Like you think 10 years ago, players would drop off. Players were retiring at 32. Oh, yeah. And that's just not happening now. Uh, and players like Lewandowski, who isn't reliant, as you say, on athleticism mm -hmm. and is reliant on his ability, his technical ability to make space for himself, his clinicalness, all of that. I just think that uh, it, it wouldn't be one that I would outright say no to. Um, that's for sure. Anyway, uh, we are, I think, going to close off uh, with the discussion about Bukayo Saka and uh, his contract situation at the club. Uh, it is reported that supposedly uh, he is our priority in the summer. Forget Lewandowski, forget central midfield signings. The priority this summer is ensuring that Bukayo Saka signs up to a new contract. Do you think that's the right path to take? Is he the most important decision that we need to make this summer? Yeah, yeah, I think get him done first, get his contract secure and sealed. I think this season he's shown he's our star boy. 
He's the, he's the face of the franchise, would you like to say? I think Bakai Saka is. And every game this season, he's just on it. He's just off way. You have to get him. Have to get him. We can't lose him. If we lose him, it'll be a big morale, it'll be a big morale hit as well. And we'll, once again, we'll be thinking, oh, why are we selling our best players? We need to get Saka on a contract. Absolutely. Yeah, I th- it, it comes down to the uh, the path that Arsenal want to go down. We want to make sure that we're keeping the best players at the club. We want to make sure that we are showing this route from Hale End to the first team and beyond. And we also want to show that you've got scope to you know earn more money at Arsenal. He's on a, a contract which I believe is around £30,000 per week. And when you consider that Martinelli's new contract took him up closer to £90,000 where you can see the disparity between the two, we want to show that progression. You want to show players that if you play and if you commit and if you're motivated and you're contributing, you can earn a very, very good wage at Arsenal and continue to earn more money and progress through the ranks at Arsenal. So he absolutely, I agree with you, needs to be our priority and keep him at the club, followed by making sure we get that crucial striker, crucial central midfielder. Yeah. It needs to be done. Um Let's see what you guys are saying in the chat box. Graham says, TC and Bailey, what other free agents would you like to see Arsenal targeting in the summer? There are a few quality players and would help strengthen the squads. I know that you're a big Kessier fan, uh, <laughs> although there is news that he is edging seemingly yeah. closer to that Barcelona move. Yeah. I saw a report this morning about Aston Villa have proposed something as well today. So, uh, to Kessier. To Kessier, yeah. Wow. So, uh, interesting. What do you think that says about AC Milan? Do you think it's purely financially motivated, that move? Yeah. Or do you think it not, is that he wants to no, move? No, because to I think he wants to move because Kessier rejected. Apparently, AC Milan offered 6.5 uh, mm. million euros a year and he rejected it. But Barcelona offering the same. So I think Keze just wants to leave uh, AC Milan. But AC, and Aston Villa is very ambitious to come in for offer. That's interesting. Well, you know, they've got rich owners now as well, like True. Newcastle. So it's an interesting one. Uh, Vinny says, no way, Tom. Players like Ray Parler and Tony Adams looked after themselves way better than this generation. <laughs> 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 uh, Zona says, why aren't Bayern Munich going all out for a new deal with Lewandowski? It's a good question. Yeah. Like why if look, why are they not? And I think the hesitation on their point is about offering uh, that level of deal to a player that could drop off. But they've got their own reservations, which is something th- to consider. I think they want Haaland as well. I think they're interested in Haaland. I think they see him yeah. as a direct replacement too. And I think if they... Re- look, this summer is the summer where Haaland moves. I think we all know yeah. that this is going to happen. I've always said that if Arsenal qualify for the Champions League, there's no harm in us activating the release clause and just throwing our hat into the ring. It's unlikely we'd be successful, but... Why not? If you don't buy a ticket, you don't win the raffle. Um, but I do think that Bayern Munich are looking at that situation and thinking that we can get our Lewandowski for the next 10 years mm-hmm. if we sign Haaland. Um, But if we offer a new contract to Lewandowski this summer, you're not going to bring in Haaland. Or Haaland's not going to be convinced he's going to be the number one there either. So it's very clear. I- I'd be surprised if Haaland went to Bayern Munich. I feel like he's got his eyes set on Real Madrid, and I think Real Madrid will be the club that end up getting him. But we'll see. I think Mbappe will probably end up staying with PSG. I think Haaland will probably end up moving uh, to Real Madrid, and Bayern Munich will probably end up renewing Lewandowski. That's my prediction right now. Of what CC prediction. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure as always. Plenty more content for you coming throughout the week, going up until the Watford game this weekend. We've got previews, press conferences, all of that good stuff. Six aside videos with some juicy content uh, coming for you this week as well. Uh, and of course, plenty more stuff to do with transfers and the usual 9.30 shows. We'll be back throughout the week. Also, uh, Bailey, thank you so much, mate, as always. Thank you, TC. Thank you, guys, in the comment section too. 
Absolutely. Drop a like on the video if you haven't done so already. Subscribe to the channel and help us on our way to 10,000 subs. Thank you to Gina in the background as always. And we will see you tomorrow morning at 9.30 a.m. And as always, keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh,